whatever you're going to be doing, the more you can make it more broadly appealing to other people while still sort of like maintaining the integrity of being in your niche, the more exposure you'll get. You'll get more people that are kind of drawn in. And once they kind of get into your page and see what you're about, maybe that'll interest them to kind of follow you and see more of your stuff. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. Guys, I am so excited for this episode. Let me just tell you. So, the whole reason I created the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast was to have a place to share what I found to be essential skills and tips for helping you to grow professionally. And over the almost 70 episodes, we've covered a lot of important topics. But hands down, without a doubt, the most important asset you can grow as a healthcare professional hinges on strong and healthy relationships. Those you not only have with your patients, but also those with your colleagues. Not just the people you work with, but also professionals outside of your own scope of practice. This will not only help you grow your professional network, but also empower you to effectively practice pharmacy with other members of the healthcare team. That is why I am super pumped to bring to the show my man, Stephen Benton, who you may know on Instagram as Page the PA. He is a newly minted PA, that's physician assistant, coming to you fresh out of school in Atlanta, Georgia. Ooh, it's hot out there. A Colorado native at heart, Stephen graduated from Emory University's PA program with his master's in medical sciences. Straight out of school, Stephen secured a high-performance critical care job working in the ICU caring for the sickest and most critically ill patients in the heart of Atlanta. Prior to PA school, he worked as an EMT on the ambulance service as a trauma technician in the emergency department and spent time in Central America volunteering and learning about Latino culture. While in school, Stephen created a social media channel to help advocate for and educate others about the PA profession, show a behind-the-curtains look at life as a PA student, new grad PA, and offer his own personal spin and perspective on the continually evolving world of medicine through photography, writing, and video production. His goals for the future include providing great medical care, empathy, and love for all things who might need it. My man, Steve, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. What's up, Fit Farm fan? That's right, man. <laughs> you know where you're at, bro. So real quick, I'm really excited to dive in. I mean, there's so many cool things that you've done in your career. I've been following you for a little over a year now, and you've just been creating such amazing content. And uh, just reading your bio, I didn't know that you were in uh, Central America looking for like doing volunteer work. And I think that's something that we can definitely connect with. I was actually just in Panama this past February. So I love that you're going abroad and really taking your passion beyond borders, man. So congratulations on that. Hey, thanks so much, Adam. And thanks for the super kind introduction. I think that's maybe the second time I've ever had an introduction before in my life. So it feels pretty <laughs> cool. Not going to lie, it feels pretty cool. Heck yeah, man. That's well-deserved. I mean, you've seriously, you've been putting in work for so long, not just as a student, but people that I admire, not just in pharmacy, but in healthcare, looking to innovate, inspire, and just make big changes in a good way. It's like a full-time job, just using that passion to create value and share what you've learned with others so that they can kind of get inspired and do that same thing. So, I mean, mad props to you, man. That's 
if anything, a less than worthy intro, but I for sure see that being one of many to come in the future. Hey, right back at you, sir. I'd super appreciate it. And I see all the things that you're doing out there too. And, you know, I think we have one shot at this thing called life and, you know, I have a lot of energy and I just get bored if I'm not doing something. And so, you know, some people call it work. For me, I just, I like being active and keeping my mind engaged and figure things out and trying new things and trying to make the world a little bit better place if I can. So that's kind of why I do what I do. Heck yeah, man. Amen to that for sure. Now, I want to start off with your professional career because in pharmacy world, if you're a student or a pharmacist, depending on what role you work in, there's the big misnomer of what a PA actually is. And a lot of people, especially patients that come in, say, I couldn't see the doctor, so I just saw the PA. So unfortunately, a lot of the view of a PA role is just like, if the doctor's too busy, I see a PA which I know isn't true, (laughs) so straight up. (laughs) But I wanted you to kind of walk us through what exactly a PA, a physician assistant is, and if you can walk us through like what that career path looks like with your schooling, what training PAs have, and what capabilities you have. Because looking at your career path as an example, you have extensive experience specifically in critical care medicine, which isn't your typical like PCP setting. So if you could just give us an insider view of the world of a physician assistant, that would be really fascinating, I think, for the listeners. For sure. And you're absolutely right. I think it confuses a lot of people. Just the title in itself, physician assistant, I think when the profession was first conceived, it was pretty accurate because at the end of the 60s, kind of like World War II, they were using, you know, combat medics and field medics in the operating suites, like out in the, in the field and doctors are really using them in the OR kind of as first assistants. And so sort of the idea of the physician assistant stemmed from the military and formally when the profession was first conceived in 1967, I believe, uh, this guy named Dr. Stead, Eugene Stead, who's this visionary guy and physician, um, a forward thinker, had this idea to kind of move forward with using um, these hospital corpsmen to sort of fast track, uh, fast track train them uh, to be medical providers. And so um, the first class graduated, and I think it was like four, there's four corpsmen that they graduated as physician assistants. And uh, they basically put them through like a really rigorous academic and didactic training so that they could go out there and start helping some of the primary care providers out in the United States um, because there's a, there's a massive shortage. Not that there isn't today, there still is, but uh, that's sort of where the whole physician assistant thing came from. So, you know, fast forward 50 years, we just celebrated a 50 year anniversary as a profession. And that's actually one of the, the hottest topic, hot topics of debate in the PA world right now is sort of, um, the, the PA title and the name and how um, it's not really reflective of what we do and the healthcare that we provide. Because, you know, if you, you know, tell anyone, yeah, we're a physician assistant, obviously you think, okay, well, this person is assisting the physician. And, you know, the name is really a misnomer because um, at this point in the profession, we, we see our own patients, uh, we prescribe medications, we do assist in surgery, uh, we order tests, uh, we diagnose people, we, we, we do everything uh, that essentially a physician does um, in a sense, but um, our title doesn't necessarily reflect that. And we can dive a little bit deeper into that, but I think that kind of a, is the big picture, if that all makes sense. Absolutely. So I, I guess one question with that is because you do so many similar things as a physician, um, can you kind of I, not compare, but kind of walk us through how those two roles differ, um, physician assistant versus a physician, uh, because you guys, again, do so many things that are similar, seeing your own patients and so forth. Absolutely. Um, and so we, we are not physicians. Um, we do not have the same level of training by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but typically, uh, a PA um, is kind of what we're going by now is we, we're dropping the physician assistant and just going by PA until further notice. But, uh, <laughs> You know, the way that the, the profession was developed is that you take these people that have um, healthcare experience, like prior healthcare experience, whether that's working as a nurse, as a physical therapist, a CNA, um, like an army medic, like what have you, people that already have some life experience and some healthcare experience and background, and then putting them essentially kind of through like a fast track uh, medical training program. Most PA programs 
are about 29 months. Some are a little bit more, some are a little bit less. Um, and most of them are a master's level program now. And so you kind of take these people and you, you put them through this very rigorous and very intense training. Um, kind of the way I thought about when I was going through school is it was like medical school on crack. Um, we, we cover all of the same topics, you know, the anatomy, the physiology, the pathophys, diagnosing, clinical decision-making, um, procedure training, all the, we do all the same stuff. But I think the training that a physician have is obviously much more in depth um, and more integrative than what a PA gets. Um, PAs, you know, we, we touch on topics and we kind of get um, the foundation of everything and kind of learn how to treat the basics. Um, but, you know, med school curriculum, that's four years of medical school plus three to 20 years of residency. <laughs> how do you cram that into 29 months? You don't. So right. uh, I think that's the, the neat thing about our training is that we're, cha- we're trained as generalists. Um, because, you know, our primary function was to fulfill the role of a PCP, um, a family practice doctor. But as the profession has grown, uh, different specialties have, you know, welcomed PAs in and certainly trained them to do all the different things in medicine. Um, you can find PAs in virtually every specialty of medicine, everything from outpatient primary care to pediatrics, uh, first assisting in surgery, orthopedics. And other specialties like critical care, internal medicine. And so PAs do a little bit of everything. Um, we work generally at speaking on teams uh, led by physicians. And the way that we're certified is that we have to pass a, a national licensing exam, like a national certification exam. And then we get licensed um, in whichever individual state we work in. And generally, we have to sign on with a physician who we collaborate with. Uh, and that's sort of how the legal aspect of that works. That's how we're able to practice medicine. We can't generally just go set up our own medical practice without having some sort of collaborative arrangement with the physician. So I think uh, kind of to circle back to the training aspects, you know, physicians, they go through a lot of training and they go into very um, in-depth training when it comes to like anatomy, physiology, and pathophys and all these things, whereas we, we sort of touch on all of it. So we have the background knowledge to sort of treat the basics. Um, but you know, as we get into the field and do our work, we get more on the job training. So obviously in in school, we don't get much training in critical care. And so I just started this new job, um, which is amazing, but the learning curve is incredibly steep. Um, and it's incredibly challenging sort of being just a new grad out of school and being put into these situations with, um, very complex and very critically ill patients. Absolutely, man. And first off, congratulations on graduation. I mean, there, there was no holding the breath for you, but I mean, that's a huge like leap into a whole new lifestyle with new responsibilities. And, and I'm sure it's like you said, a huge learning curve with all, all this new tasks, responsibilities and new environment. Uh, so that's, that's just phenomenal. So congratulations on graduating and starting off PA life. Thanks, man. Feels good. I bet it does. So real quick, off, off topic question. Did you have something, and, and I ask all my students this in pharmacy, but I'm just curious, whenever you graduated and like working through school and grinding and all that, was there anything that you like did when you graduated or, you know, you got hired or anything like, okay, this is like my symbol, my gift to myself for like making it and then this and that. Some people, they get like a new TV, some people get a car or whatever. Did you have anything like that or like any sort of celebratory special moment for, for marking that? I totally did. Um, I just bought myself, <laughs> this, is, this is super nerdy. I'm a very, very practical dude. Like I didn't go out and like have like a champagne dinner. I didn't like <laughs> buy a new car. I bought a new desk. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> um, not just any desk, Adam. This is uh, like <laughs> one of those motorized standing desks that you push the button and it goes up and down. No um, way. It's actually oh. from a, a company called Uplift Desks. And, you know, I, I love like kind of like hanging out on my computer and researching and like I do a lot of studying, obviously. And so like having a, a good desk is something that I've always sort of wanted, but I've never had because I haven't had any money. So I, I splooged and I bought this new desk and I, I love it. Um, that, if you don't know, you should check them out. They're pretty cool. So guys, I will put that in the show notes, but that, that's actually super practical because if you guys have been following his social you see the amazing content and you know that that's not just like, oh, screenshot and post. No, 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 <laughs> this, this is OG content here. So there's a ton of time, a ton of research that goes behind that. So I can only imagine the hours that you spend on that 
let alone your practice and everything else. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And it's like the Cadillac of desks is what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I venture to say the Tesla of desks to be <laughs> oh, that's, totally fair. Oh, man. Um, full just, disclosure, I'm not associated with them. I'm not getting paid to say this. It's just a really cool desk. Actually, it has a hammock that I put under, you can put underneath the desk and you can raise it up high enough that you can take a nap in the hammock underneath the desk. Oh, um, so you don't even have to leave the comfort of your work desk so you, <laughs> you can get a break from your work. I should have done this before school, man. But yeah, it's it's a great, if like standing desks are something that you're into, I mean, all of us that go through any sort of medical training, it's just, we spend so many hours sitting. And I found that to be one of the most painful things about school is just sitting and lecture all day. I'm sure you you can relate and so can your followers. But oh. having having a standing desk, I tried to <laughs> I tried to build my own iteration of a standing desk, and it was it was quite poor. So I wish this was something I invested in uh, at the beginning of the game. But just you know, I I would recommend getting a standing desk. I think it's a great tool to have when you're going through any sort of medical training that requires a lot of studying. Yeah, man, they have so many variations. They've got like the treadmill desk where you can like hook it up to that, or like attachments to your treadmill. They've got totally. you know the stand. They've got so many things. Um, but yeah, I, I fully appreciate the nerd moment. My, I'm going to share real quick. So this is off tangent for the, for the topics, but <laughs> I feel like I have to flex my nerd muscles. So <laughs> go, yeah, yeah. Going back to pharmacy school, true, true story. Um, I was like cramming, it was like finals week. We had like three or four finals. So I, I wasn't cramming because I, I have to read things over and over, over again for them to stick. So studying last minute just was not effective for me. So it was a few days in, but this last day, I, I just really wanted to go ham on studying, right? So I ended up being in the library uh, down at Pitt where I went to school for like a 10, 11 hour stint. And I didn't want to leave because it was so busy that if you left, you're, you were done. Like you'd ha- you wouldn't have a place to study. So it's true story. I had Chinese food delivered to the library so I wouldn't have to leave and lose my seat on my desk. So like six, seven hours in, I had Chinese food delivered to the library studying in pharmacy school. So I felt... Yes. I felt like such a winner in life. <laughs> so guys, if you're listening to this and you feel like you're a dork, no, you're not. We are. <laughs> Embrace, it. Embrace it. Exactly. Exactly, man. So looking at um, what you described with your role, I, th- I think one thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but and this probably varies depending on the practice setting and so forth, but overall in general, PAs are more accessible than physicians. Would you say that's fairly accurate? I think it depends on obviously the state, the situation, the practice, the hospital. Um, but I think overarching, uh, I think it would be safe to say that, um, you know, physicians are very, their time is very much in demand, not just from patients, but from administrative and clinical and um, other, other duties that don't just in, include patient care. And so a lot of PAs, uh, you know, our primary, our primary job is patient care. And so I, I think that's, there's some accuracy in that statement for sure. Exactly. So the reason I said that is I think that's actually an asset that you guys have uh, because you're accessible, not just for patients, but for other professionals like pharmacists. Uh, If we have to clarify a prescription or let's say a medication wasn't covered, things like that, there's a lot of value. And this is growing, uh, not just in pharmacy, but in all the healthcare professions. There's a lot of value seen in increasing quality of patient care through interprofessional collaboration. And that's one thing I wanted to touch on uh, with you, because as you're a student, as you're a PA, you probably interact with pharmacists of many different backgrounds, Um, inpatient pharmacists, clinical pharmacists, uh, pharmacists at the outpatient community setting. And I'm sure you've had two sides of the same coin of interaction, ones that go smoothly and are helpful, and ones that are like, are you flipping kidding me, bro? (laughs) You know? Sure. as uh, most of the people listening to this are pharmacy students and pharmacy or pharmacists, uh, we're looking to improve those relationships with all the other healthcare professionals. So in what you've seen, can you give any insight or tips from, from your guys' perspective of things, just overall concepts, examples are good too, because we like stories, um, of things that, interactions that went wrong, that you would be like, absolutely don't do this, this ticks us off you know, be mindful of of this, how you approach this, but then on the other side, tips and suggestions that you would recommend for how we can effectively, professionally, and respectfully interact with you guys so that, you know, we we get to the solution, whatever that may be for the patient, 
but also respecting your time and practice? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really, it's a really good question. And um, I certainly appreciate it just as one professional to another, I think finding ways that we can work together and collaborate to make not just our lives easier and better, but um, the lives of those who are taking care of better and more efficient is hundred um, percent awesome. Heck so, yeah, man. That's what we're all here for. I think that a lot, and this is kind of my perspective on a lot of things in life is everything is just a context and perspective. Um, but I think what it boils down to really is just being um, a respectful and, and decent human. Uh, we all have different levels of training. We all have different uh, experiences. We work in different situations and under different systems with different stresses and I think it's always good to keep all that in mind and in, in context when, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody else that, you know, works for a different company or works at an outpatient pharmacy or, or what have you. And so I think I, I haven't, I haven't had any um, bad interactions with pharmacists. So shout out to y'all. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think it really just comes down to the human aspect um, of medicine and being a professional and just, you know, if, if I call you, uh, it's, it's usually because I, I need your help. I'm not just calling because um, I need something from you. Usually I need your help or I need your expertise. And so whenever, whenever I communicate with anyone, not just pharmacists, I, 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 kinda present, I try to present myself as such um, because y'all have training and y'all have knowledge that I don't have and maybe I don't understand. And so uh, I think that's probably the way that I look at it. And so I think when it comes to having these interactions, um, it's it's good to sort of consider the situation and consider what the goal is. And the goal is, you know, to give the patient the care that they need. And so something like for me that um, as a new PA that I'm still trying to figure out is when we have patients that come in and they have their home medicines, um, but, you know, in the ICU, usually they're pretty critically ill and they can't take medicines by mouth. And so we, we convert a lot of things to IV medicine, like uh, steroids, for example. And so if I, if I had a question about that, like I would, I would have no problem calling up a pharmacist and be like, hey, like, I understand sort of loosely that we need to convert these medicines to IV. I don't, I don't really understand the reasoning or I don't understand uh, what the, the purpose is. And, you know, a lot of the times um, people are super willing to explain and kind of give me a little bit of education on, on why we do the things that we do. And I think that that is like just the most helpful thing in the world. So if, if you can be, if you can lend me a little bit of your time and just kind of let me know um, the reason behind things uh, that helps me immensely. And so maybe next time I don't have to call you again. So, I think from a pharmacist perspective, if someone's calling and asking for a little bit of help, uh, don't, don't be afraid to offer a little bit of your knowledge and expertise. And I don't mean that in like an egotistical sense, but just, you know, we, we all are in this together. And so I think the more education we can provide each other, even if it's just like a, a two or three minute spiel on core content uh, is super helpful and helps solidify those relationships for the future. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, man, I, I spot on agree with all that you said there. I, I love it. And it, it, yeah, we're on the same page as far as what our intent is and trying to reach out. Um, but yeah, just my two cents, things that I've seen is not, not just for you guys, not just for, for you, you, but just overall, whenever I hear of quarrels or whatnot, it comes down to not just not being mindful of your emotions and your, the situation because let's face it, regardless if you're a PA or a pharmacist or nurse or whoever, we work in stressful situations. And if you're not mindful of that, it can get the best of you. So just be mindful of your tone and things like that when, when you're calling the PA and trying to get them or things like that. Um, but that just goes across the board. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say spot on with everything you said. We're all, all going for the same goal, helping the patient. So 100%, man. Now, for sure. This this actually is a unintendedly perfect segue. <laughs> so we just talked about communicating you and, and me, that being pharmacy and PAs with delivering patient care. Now, what about if we go introspectively? So looking at PAs and PAs and pharmacy and pharmacy and with that relationship online. So what I mean by that is using social media to garner those relationships and provide that value, that expertise that you were just saying. So if you're wanting expertise on, you know, how to convert or why or like peaks and troughs for medication, um, looking at pharmacokinetics, dynamics and things like that, that you might not have gotten PA school, 
you teach that or, or you reach out to us to teach that to you. So one thing that, that you've done on Instagram in particular is you've taken things that you're learning or skills that you're developing. And instead of just, you know, learning it for you, you use social media as a way to both study and master that material, but then kind of document that process and kind of use that as a way to teach it and share that with other people. And like I said in the beginning, guys, Steve has some phenomenal content that's just professional grade quality, like teaching his skills and what he does with emergency care. Like it's really cool. I really got hooked when he started doing the stitching videos uh, many, many months ago. Like I was just mesmerized. Like it would pop up, <laughs> it pop up my feed and I'd be like, wow, I can't stop looking, but I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so I, I think that's really cool because obviously if you're listening to this, you want to go above and beyond just clocking in and you really want to create a personal brand for yourself. You want to really provide value so that you can not only help your own career, but others in making yourself marketable and also helping your colleagues. And maybe if you're a preceptor, helping your students. Um, so Stephen, I want to kind of invite you to share your story uh, or your journey through social media, kind of like which platforms you started with, um, how those evolved, and kind of where you started with your vision and with your intent, how that's shifted over the years, and really what you see yourself doing going forward with all of the um, meet, with, with all the followers you have and, and really a social media influencer presence that you've got going on uh, for the PA and healthcare community? Well, first off, thank you for the compliments. It's very, very gracious of you, and I, I super appreciate it. Um, I think that it all was sort of birthed from, I don't want to say boredom, but <laughs> kind of boredom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before I got into the medical field, um, I actually I was studying music and theater. I got my undergraduate degree in uh, music and theater performance, and I was really big on the arts and sort of visual expression and all that sort of fun stuff. And so switching gears and then going into medicine and, you know, sitting in lectures and just like being fried mentally, um, I was just starting to burn out and I didn't know why. And I think it started to boil down to, I didn't really have like an outlet for expression, like during school, like, you're in, you're in lecture all day, you're in clinicals, you're in the anatomy lab, you're studying if you're at home. So you just, you just don't, you don't have a lot of time to do fun things. And for me, I've always sort of like, uh, you know, creativity and be able to express myself, whether that's through music or photography or making videos or what have you. And so I was just sitting in a lecture one day, I was like, this, this might be kind of fun to like, take some pictures and sort of document the PA journey. Because at the time when I started, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of um, PAs on social media um, that I saw or I knew about. And so I thought, hey, like no one's really doing this. Like, uh, I wish this was around when I was going through school and, you know, could get a little more insight and perspective as to what school's like, what PA is like. So, hey, why don't, why don't I go ahead and just, you know, start doing this and just kind of see what happens. And that's, that's how it started. It wasn't anything crazy. I didn't see like a Gary Vee video and just like had my brain exploded out of my head. I just kind of went for it. Um, and so, you know, at the beginning, I just, I didn't, and I still don't know, I have no training whatsoever. Everything I've done on social media just kind of been trial and error. And so I just started, you know, posting pictures and writing and kind of hanging out on the, the social committee, uh, community on Instagram and just kind of getting to know some people. And it just started growing and people were, were getting interested in some of the, the PA stuff. Um, there's a high demand for PAs and a lot of people want to go to PA school right now. And so sort of me being able to show uh, behind the scenes of what PA school is like, what schedules is like, all that, all that sort of stuff, I think interested a lot of people. And so, um, you know, it, it's kind of cool to have like a little bit of a following. And I certainly didn't start my social media with the intent of having um, the following that I have today. It was just more of a, a personal outlet for expression for myself. And uh, it just, it's, it's morphed and it's evolved and it's kind of changed. Um, I like figuring things out. I like kind of doing research and playing. And so uh, seeing how people grow their brands or um, build a following or, you know, make popular stuff is something that was kind of cool to figure out. It kind of gave me like a little like relief from PA school, from the grind of like didactics and all the science stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, 
uh, yeah, that's kind of like it in a nutshell. Um, I guess going forward, I, since I've started my new job, I've certainly taken a step back from it just because uh, my priority is really becoming uh, a solid provider. And I, I, I'm doing more studying now than I did when I was in school, which is, you know, if people that have been through PA school, that might be hard to believe. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think social media is, like you said and touched on um, several times before, it's been an amazing tool for networking and meeting people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of an introverted person. I, I like, you know, my, my space and uh, introspection. And so social media sort of allows me to be social without being social. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so, I, uh, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, and so, you know, I've, I've met a lot of really cool people. Um, and I've, I've, there's a lot of great people out on social media that provide a lot of education, um, especially medical education and FOMED. And I've used it as sort of a learning tool for sure. Like looking at some of the pharmacist posts or some of the surgeon posts or um, just other aspects of medicine that I probably wouldn't get to see or know much about. So social media has been great in that regard. Uh, I do think it, it's a double-edged sword for sure. And it can be frustrating sometimes because uh, there's, you know, it's social media, there's, you know, people can sit behind a computer and say what they want to say and do what they want to do without much repercussion or action. Um, that's always unfortunate, but for the most part, it's been a positive experience. And, and I think going forward, I, I'll probably just keep advocating for my profession, uh, you know, showing stuff as I, I can have, have time to do like procedures and videos and stuff. Um, but a lot of it was, like you said, just sort of documenting it and uh, having something that I can kind of look back on and be like, well, like I used to do that like back in the day and I used to be able to suture okay back in the day. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if, did I, did I hit all, all the points that you were asking about? Yeah, man, you got the list. So okay. <laughs> uh, kind of how I look at it and, and it's true. Like, unfortunately, most people, they aren't how they are on social, how they are in real life. Um, but how I view it and how I use it is it's kind of like a business card. So like, here's, here's what I'm about. Like, here's my passions. Here's what I'm in, investing my time in to share with you all so that you can connect with people online so that when there's a conference or something like that in real life, people have context to meet you. And it's not just like, oh, you're Steven. Like, tell me about you. It's like, oh, you're Steven. You're Paige the PA. I've been following you for months. Like, I, da, 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 da. Like, tell me more about this post. And you have kind of context for what that person's about and you kind of go from there. Um, so that's kind of how I use it is using that to, you know, document my journey and what I'm learning and, and using in my own life to share with others. But it allows people to connect that are on that same page or they're looking to get there. Um, or like connecting with people that I want to get where they're at. And maybe that's like years down the road for, for where I am looking to grow and learn from what they've achieved. So when you find someone like that, you know, you can approach them in real life and be like, Hey, like, tell me about how you're doing this. Or, you know, you mentioned something in this regard a few weeks back. So it, it's a great way to kind of be an icebreaker if, if that makes sense. Um, so that when you do have like the real life, you have that starting point that's well beyond ground zero. For sure. Like 100%. And I think a lot of the stuff that you're doing um, is just amazing. I mean, I've seen some of your content and some of the things you talk about is real life stuff and you're very vulnerable. And I think a lot of people get a lot of value from that. Um, you know, what, what, when people get sick or they have weird medical symptoms, like what's the first thing they do? They go to the internet and they look at, you know, Google. I think that social media allows you to connect with people that you may not even know you're connecting with on a level that you have no idea of and providing someone with education or inspiration or motivation or what have you, even if you don't know you're doing it. And that's something that I think you do for sure. And a lot of respect to you and everyone out there that puts out um, content that does that. Thank you, man. That, that means a lot coming for you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> I've got lots of growth room, but yeah, that, that means a lot, man. I appreciate that. So thank you for the kind words. For sure. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example 
through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy to read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. A lot of people that are listening to this, they are looking to grow, they're looking to dig deeper, and, and sometimes they feel that they've been putting in the work, they've been grinding, but they're, they're not seeing the results. And people define results in different ways, followers, likes, impact, reach, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, but in your journey uh, through social media from when you started, have you found any resources or methods that just, just simple, so you don't have to get intricate or whatnot, but just overall concepts, um, or maybe books or uh, accounts that you follow that help give you advice and, and guidance or ideas for how to craft, create your content so that it does reach more people and deliver the impact that you're looking to make through making your content? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to share kind of some of the things I've trialed and aired and worked or didn't work. And like I said before, like this is all new to me. I have no formal training. I you know, didn't pay like a social media service or anything like that. It's all just kind of been observation and uh, trying things. So I think that you, you sort of have to start with what, what your goal and your mission is. And I think that has to be pretty well defined in your mind um, before you can really get after it. You know, for some people that's going to be personal branding and, you know, really making a name for themselves and just establishing an online presence. Some people want like sponsors from companies like scrub companies or medical companies or fitness companies or what have you. Nothing wrong with that. Some people just want to have like a, a blog to share their own experiences. So I think a lot of it just kind of begins with like, what are your goals? Like, are, do you want to make money off of it? Do you want to just provide something that's useful for others? Is it all of the above? I think once you have that defined and figured out, um, it makes makes things a lot easier. So once you kind of have that figured out, for me, um, it was kind of a combination of wanting to share some of my journey, wanting to help promote the profession, and wanting to, I guess, just offer something that would be useful to others, kind of going through the same thing that I was going through. And that's sort of how it started. Um, as I spent more time kind of exploring the space and, you know, trying to figure out how to reach more people, I think that it, it's, it's so funny because a lot, a lot of what you read on the internet or stuff is there's algorithms and all these crazy like conspiracy theories about (laughs) how the internet works. And it's just, (laughs) it's insane. Like it's just insane to me, but I, I think one of the, like the, the big things is you have to find your niche. And I, I know it's probably pretty common knowledge for a lot of people. But um, if you're trying to do like underwater basket weaving, but you also want to be doing fitness, but you also want to promote like your horticulture business, like you can't, it's, it's hard to do all in one, one platform. So I think you really have to focus in on what it is that you, what you want your message to be, like what you're promoting. Like for you, for example, just your fitness and you're a pharmacist. And then like, I know that for sure, but then I see like this other motivational stuff. So in my mind, like I, I associate you with obviously the fitness world. Um, you're jacked and you're always doing like these awesome workouts, um, but you're also a very knowledgeable pharmacist. So like I have a very clear idea in my mind of what it is that you're about without, you know, knowing a whole lot <clears throat> about you or having, you know, following your journey from the start. And so I think having that direction. Um, so for me, obviously it was, initially just sort of PA school and the PA profession. And I think that as I, as I was going through, I, I discovered that um, there's a larger market and a, a larger audience out there that, you know, people are just interested in medicine as a whole. And so if you can find a way to um, knock home like your point, but also making it, uh, um, let's see, sorry, I'm, I'm, it makes sense in my head, but I'm not having the words come out correctly. Oh, you're fine. Uh, if you can make your content um, specific to your niche, but also have it appeal to people outside of it. For example, like my suture videos, when I was first learning how to suture, kind of like being able to make those suture videos and go back and watch it 
for me is helpful. I can kind of see what I'm doing wrong and then I can like solicit, you know, feedback from other people, from other doctors or surgeons. And man, <laughs> I've, I posted some of those videos and if you go through the comments, there's just, there are some trolls out there, man. And I, <laughs> Oh yeah. You were yes. 0.27 centimeters just off on the right. Trolls. I was like, this is the <laughs> third time I've done this, man. Like, give me a break. <laughs> um, but that being said, so like, like the suture videos, I think was kind of like, a big break for me because not just medical people are interested in seeing that kind of stuff. Like just everyday, you know, run of the mill people that aren't involved in medicine um, like to see that kind of stuff. And so I think for me, maybe doing some of those videos help trigger the algorithm, whatever that algorithm is. Um, but it was appealing to a broad spectrum of people, not just my little niche. And so um, kind of like to circle back and finish that point, I think that whatever you're going to be doing, the more you can make it more broadly appealing to other people while still sort of like maintaining the integrity of being in your niche, the more exposure you'll get, you'll get more people that are kind of drawn in. And once they kind of get into your page and see what you're about, maybe that'll interest them to kind of follow you and see more of your stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. And just uh, an FYI for the listeners, uh, I think the algorithm has changed twice since we started this podcast. So (laughs) it's not something to focus on. And I think you're on it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you simplify it, like, well, your, so your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So let's say like someone um, pulls up, someone's like talking on social, right? Or like they're with their friends and they're scrolling and they're like, oh, there's Paige the PA. And they're like, oh, who's that? What are they going to say? Like you're, you, Stephen Paige the PA is not in the room, but they're describing you to their friends. It's not going to be like this long, elaborate thing. It's going to be like their one thought about you. He's the suture video guy. Or, oh, who's the fit pharmacist? Oh, like he's, he's this pharmacy fitness guy. You know, just like real simple. So that's what I call a through line. It's your main concept of all your content, why you're doing what you're doing. So whenever you make content, if it clearly relates to what that is, that's going to build your brand identity. And you can go deeper with your posts through video, audio, you know, memes, whatever you want to do. But if you stay in your lane, stay an inch wide, go a mile deep, that will allow you to really galvanize that identity that you're looking to portray through your content. And once you do that, people are going to recognize it and you're going to be labeled as that's the PA guy, that's the fit pharmacist guy, whatever that might be. And when you do content, it's just going to grow with time, consistency, and quality of content that comes from your passion shining through in all the posts that you make. So that's my two cents. You you articulated that infinitely better than I could have. (laughs) I I agree with exactly what you said. (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, a lot of people, I, th- I feel like just want that instant gratification and want the overnight growth. And, um, you know, unless you, you go buy 40,000 followers, like that, that's not going to happen. You sort of have to be a part of the community or the niche that you're in and make those relationships online. And in terms of just like, I guess not tactics, but strategies, um, for growth, getting your content shared by people with larger followings that are interested in your stuff is, uh, a great way to get new audience, reach new new people. Um, if you can, you know, form a relationship with someone that has a bigger following, and you know, maybe they see something that they really like on your account, uh, maybe they share it and sort of link your page to their followers, and that that's a great way to get new audiences. Um, yeah. That that comes back down to making relationships um, on the community. However, that's done in social media, <laughs> either through commenting or DMs, I guess. Uh, another thing that I kind of got involved with. Um, I did some work for some brands. Um, you know, for me, PA school was super, super expensive. And whenever you can get, you know, a little help, either like medical supplies or an extra pair of scrubs, uh, that was always helpful. So I, I did some work and, you know, when you, when you do that kind of thing, sometimes you get exposure on, on their pages, which helps expand your audience. Um, again, that's kind of a, a slippery slope, especially in, in medicine and healthcare, because, um, you know, you want to be ethically and, you know, morally sound with some of the stuff you do. And so I would just recommend anyone that does that just to um, be careful and just, you know, have, have the, the awareness of the, the message and the image that you're portraying. Um, you don't want to, you know, be biased or 
you know, compromise your integrity by doing work for a brand that, um, you know, might not look so great. I don't know if that's making sense. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. You got to make sure your values are in line and you're both going the same direction for sure, man. Um, so if someone reaches, cause I'm sure you've been hitting up several times. I have in the fitness world by like random brands that are like, Hey, we love what you're doing, but we haven't looked at anything. We just send the same message to everyone wear the shirt and you'll get 10% off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, general type things. But before you guys do that, if you get an opportunity, first, that's awesome. So props, because that means you're going and getting attention from companies that want to work with you. But before you jump in, like take a look, like that's a relationship. When you agree to like work with a company, that's a relationship. So is what they're doing, the content they're putting out, their values, their goals, is that in line with you or what they're doing? Does that have a conflict of interest with your employer? Uh, with what you're looking to do. Uh, and that depends on each person. Like some people, they don't talk about politics at all, but the brand they work with, it's like they always take jabs at Trump or they go back to the bad days of Obama or, you know, how whatever you want to call that. Their words, not mine. So disclaim that from that <laughs> comment. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? So yeah, it sounds common sense, but you really have to just kind of take a step back and just kind of watch um, and one thing that I've learned is people talk a lot or, or DM a lot or type a lot or whatever you want to say, but the actions really speak loud and it's not necessarily um, in-person actions that definitely has a play, but on social media world, actions come through by posts they make, replies to comments, how they handle haters or trolls, um, things like that. So just, just be careful with like what Steven said, just, just be careful and not stupid. Absolutely. I mean, like what I kind of have in my head, my mantra is like, anything you put on the internet is forever. Yes, exactly. And, if and you so conduct, think about that. <laughs> and it's your business card, just like I said. So if you look at it like that, like that's your brand. So literally your Instagram, Facebook, whatever, that is your resume. So whatever you post on there is going to be seen. So if you post like a vulgar comment, that's on your resume. So when you go to apply for a job or collaborate with someone and they see that, how are they going to react? You literally need to think that way. Just conduct yourself in a professional way. Um, you're going to, you know, as you grow, and, and Steve, I bet you can attest this, you're going to get haters, you're going to get trolls, you're going to get all that crap, but how you handle it, that's what makes the difference. And that's how you go that, that distance that you're continuing to go. For sure. So I think you always kind of have to like, just be self-moderating and, you know, really think about like, think twice before, like, or about what you're posting. Like, are you posting it because like, you're trying to like appease someone or you are you posting it because it aligns with your message and sort of your ideology and kind of the answer one of your questions from before like there weren't any books that I read there weren't like any websites or anything in particular that kind of like told me what to do and I, I don't think there's a recipe for it I think that's maybe why they cha keep changing the algorithm or whatever but I, I, I think there, there, there's not like a, a, a rule book and so that's kind of the, the cool thing about it like it, it's an art, like this is all visual arts in a sense, and it's it's creative writing, and it's you know photography, and it's video, and it's exchange of ideas. So a, a lot of it comes down to arts and creativity. And so I think that if you maybe if you're plateauing, kind of like you were talking about earlier, you're not seeing the growth that you want to see. Maybe step outside of your comfort zone and, and do something more creative that other people aren't doing. Um, you know, be the first person to start uh, posting about this idea or this topic. Um, don't be afraid to sort of push the boundary and push the envelope and, you know, be a real genuine self. I think people see right through when people are motivated by sponsorships or money or brands um, versus someone that's, that's genuine in the message that they're putting out there. Uh, you being one of them, there's no question in my mind that um, what you do is to help other people and to help um, people that might be struggling on their journey or struggling with fitness or want to know more about pharmacy. Um, and I, that's very admirable, but there's, you know, of course there's people out there that, you know, want sponsorships and they want money and, and that's fine. But I think you just have to be real with yourself and, you know, know what you want and look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, like, um, I do want sponsorships and that's fine. Uh, Own but, it. but just know that, you know, that comes with its own, you know, host of responsibilities and, uh, conflicts of interest and that sort of thing. Absolutely, man. You, you just got to stay true to yourself. And I, I know all the advice we're giving might sound cliche to you guys, but there's reasons because it's freaking true. <laughs> so uh, with that, like Steven said, like be consistent, not just with your posting content, but w with why you're doing what you're doing. So 
uh, there will be a time where you you're at a, an opportunity to stray from that and it's okay to change but if you change like change like don't just half change you know what i mean don't like add another category to post about and just go you know what i mean cupcakes one day puppies another just like it's confusing so stay consistent well you know what i'm talking about man like i'm sure there's and that's what happens so you follow this account you think you know what they're about but then all of a sudden it's like cray cray time and they're like videos of their goldfish and like their their cats fighting and it's like you're like what is this and then you just unfollow them because it's just so confusing yeah, yeah for sure so people don't go on social to get confused. They go for they go there for hope. They go there for clarity, learning, humor, entertainment, whatever it might be. So just make sure that you're putting out a consistent message that people can understand easily. Absolutely, and just I think one point that's important is obviously like how do you measure your success? Um, obviously, like metrics like likes and followers is sort of the the thing that a lot of people lean on. But um, to be totally fair, I don't. I really don't think. There's a whole lot of value in followers. I mean, anyone can go buy followers. Anyone can go buy likes. Yeah. Um, I think reputation and you know your resume and sort of um, what the things that people have to say about you, hopefully good. Um, I think that's really what drives a successful social media platform. Absolutely, period. man. 100%. <laughs> and like, like we said, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in a room. And they're going to be saying about you based on the th- actions that you take the content you put out, the consistency, all of those types of things. So one advice tip I have is we're talking about, you know, what to post, what not to post, that sort of thing. Um, it's a very simple tip. Um, it's called roast before you post. So before you make a post, literally just pause and reflect, like, does this represent my identity? Does this represent what I'm about? Is this a conflict of interest with what I'm looking to do? So just think about it. It's simple advice. Just think, think twice, you know? Um, but a uh, clever rhyming there, uh, Eminem. <laughs> I roast, like it. Roast before you post. No, that's good. Roast before you post. Um, and, and no, no, that's good. Uh, but I, I think the other thing that maybe I didn't like really touch on is that, and I'm sure you can relate to this is, um, it's a full-time job almost making content and being consistent. It, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of thought. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you manage a full-time job and still run your whole um, side hustle. I mean, respect, like it takes, it takes a lot of work to do all that sort of stuff. And uh, for me, I, I just, uh, right now I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to do all that. So I think I've lost and like 2000 followers or something over the past, you know, a couple months just cause I haven't been posting a whole lot. Not that I care. I, I really don't. Um, but I just think it's interesting. It is. I think it's, I think it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, just, I just know that it, it takes a lot of work. And I think sometimes it doesn't look like that on social media because we all sort of portray what we want people to see. But, you know, good content, it does take a lot of work and a lot of foresight and a lot of planning and, you know, just hard work. Yeah, it's definitely a commitment, no question. And that's kind of what mesmerized me with you is the content you put out is just, holy crap. This is literally like professional grade, like surgical procedures. It, It was amazing. And I was like, this is insane. So I just, I literally couldn't stop watching. Smoke and mirrors, brother. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah, so says the guy behind the, the face you can't see right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, but that's, it's so true. It's a commitment and people always say like, how many times do I post? Do I post three times a day? Do I post like every other day? Uh, my advice is stick to something that you can be realistic about over the long term. And what I mean by that is you're going to have like peaks and troughs through your life. And what I mean by that is you're going to have days or weeks or whatever where you've got some free time. So you could post multiple times a day, but as you know, life happens and then you're super busy and posting three times a day is just not realistic. So come up with what works for you to stay consistent. So maybe that's three times a week. If that's what you can realistically stick to, do that. Just make sure that those three posts are fire content because if it's just a picture of like, you know, an upside down picture of a dog and there's no caption, probably going to lose some followers if that's what your goal is. So make sure you really put thought into that, but it really comes down to what you can stick to. That, that's the main goal is that consistency factor. Um, so look at that, then come back to what your through line is, your theme, what message you're trying to portray and just be your authentic self. Don't try to like 
look and see what other people are doing because that's other people. That's not you. That's why people want to follow you is because you're unique and you have some sort of uniqueness that they're attracted to, whether that's uh, your humor in your captions um, or you're really good at videos. Uh, maybe that's making creative videos or speaking into a camera, whatever that might be. And the only way to find that out is to try. So there, there's no algorithm that's going to say like, this is most effective, this and that. You literally have to see what content you like, what your skills are and combine those. And that's how you make fire content. It, it's really that simple, but it's the consistency factor where people get lost. So the secret or the hack or whatever is literally just staying in the game. So coming back to like the whole distance thing. So let's look at this as a race, right? So we want to go an inch wide. So very focused in what you're doing. A mile deep. So really deep, know your stuff, but you want to stay in the game long because the most competitive time looking at a competition or a race, the most competitive time is when you start because everyone's starting. Everyone's motivated. Everyone's ready to jump in and change the world and be a billionaire by yesterday and all this stuff, right? But what happens? A month down the road, homework starts to bile up. People dip out. Two months down the road, you know, jobs, you got to look for jobs. People start to dip out. Three months, four months, a year, two years. You know what I'm saying? You guys have all seen this on social. People just MIA or whatever. So like Steven said, it's a commitment. So if this is something you're serious about, really just kind of take a step back because only you know your life and what's realistic and think like, what can I stick to for this? Is that writing a blog? Uh, every day, you might be able to handle that now, but can you handle that a month down the road if you know life throws you curveballs? So be realistic. Um, maybe try some front loading where you do make a bunch of content ahead of time and then kind of you know disseminate that out as you go. But really, just take an honest reflection of what you enjoy, what you're passionate about, and what you can stick to long term with that consistency factor. That's my two cents. Yeah, I ditto. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that focused, you know, very focused, but like consistent um, production is, is key. One of the other things that I just kind of came to my mind while you were, you were talking was, I think at the very beginning, um, it's it's so new that you just want to like get on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, like all the places, all the things, and just like mass post everywhere. But I, I found that like every platform and I'm not, I'm not sure what your experiences are, Adam, but every platform um, is very different in yes. sort of like the content that does well and um, how it works and just how the whole algorithm and how the whole community works. And so I think if I, if someone was asking me, like if they're just first starting out, like the best advice would be is just pick one, one platform and just, just start there um, and start to build your reputation there. Because I think, um, some people kind of fall in the trap of like they they create their content and they just post it across every single platform yep. with the same caption and the same hashtags and all that same stuff and and it, it I don't I personally don't think that's a very effective way because it may like do well on Facebook but it doesn't like hit well on Instagram or like you post a video on Instagram um, that just bombs on YouTube you know what I'm saying so I think that it can be very overwhelming but I think once you kind of spend some time in the space kind of figuring out what the different platforms are like. Um, you can start to branch out, but I think doing all the things that you just said, um, maybe just focusing on one or two platforms to start with and then eventually branching out uh, would be helpful um, just for your growth and establishing your brand. I don't know. Let that's, me know if that works. No, that's, that's super wise advice, man. So, you know, you want to, you're excited, you're motivated, you want to jump all in, you know, you just heard this podcast with Paige the PA, you're like, oh, I'm going to dominate my niche. Blah, blah, blah. That's great. Use that energy towards one thing because you're going to have a learning curve regardless of where you start. That's natural. That's okay. It's okay to have a learning curve. But if you focus on that one thing, you're going to be able to pivot, kind of find your rhythm. Once you find that, then you can start to look at another platform. And just like Steven said, let's say what you're doing on Instagram is just fire, but you're like, okay, I'm going to see how this does on Facebook. So then you go to Facebook and it flops. You're like, well, well it's working here, but not there. Then you're going to start to kind of grow and evolve that way. Um, and then over time, you can kind of do that. Now, am I saying it's wrong to do all of them at once? No. But what I am saying is that I have found, and Stephen, you've seen this too, when people jump in too fast, too early, they tend to get overwhelmed. And what did we say is the key to social media success? It's that consistency factor. So if you can avoid burnout, 
to come in this big buzzword into play. If you can avoid like spreading yourself too thin too early, that's going to pay dividends long term. And it comes back to what Stephen mentioned that delayed gratification. So you want to dominate all the areas, but why not just focus on one so you can really understand it? And then from there, take that success, spread it, pivot, grow spread it, pivot, grow, evolve, adapt, all that type of deal. So you can, it, it might be a slower process, but you're going to have a lot more results and you really get to learn how those platforms work over the long term. And like I've driven home about 30 times now, that's how you do this is you stay in the game consistently. And it's really that simple. It's just so simple. Most people don't do it. So if you're looking for the secret sauce, that's it. <laughs> that, that's all you need. So I I guess we're done, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You all have um, the sauce, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, for just... sure. So speaking of social media platforms, um, like, I, like I mentioned several times, you're crushing it on Instagram. That's how I first found you. But you do have a lot of other great content on other places. Um, so can you just share with listeners uh, how to best, best reach you on social media, uh, where you're at, where you're most active so that they can connect and follow your journey? Sure. Uh, so I, I primarily do everything on Instagram. Uh, I just like sort of like the more visual aspect of it. I, I don't have a Facebook. Um, I do have a YouTube, but I, I don't post anything regularly. I just have a few videos up there. Um, and then I just have a website, which is more of just sort of a repository of links and uh, helpful information for mostly PA students. Uh, and that's, that's kind of like a work in progress, but I, I do most everything on Instagram. And, and even then, like, to be totally fair, I haven't been super active lately and I probably won't be for a little while. Um, but I'm, I'm posting, like I'll post my stories and stuff, but I haven't been doing a whole lot of curated content or anything like that. But yeah, Instagram page, the PA or just Google page, the PA and Guys, I, don't know that, I don't know that's out there, but yeah, yeah. So check it out. <laughs> If Well, what I will say is if you haven't been following Steven, definitely go give that a look because when you do, the content's going to blow your mind. Like, it's so freaking cool. It's like when you go to like look up something on YouTube and you like find what you're looking for, but then there's the sidebar and there's like all these like clickbait topics and you click it and you're like, oh my God. And then another one pops up and you're like, oh my God. And it's like three hour wormhole, three hour wormhole. That's like what Steve's whole profile is. So it's so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what he does isn't even like in my niche or specialty, but it's so freaking like mesmerizing and it's so cool. Um, I actually really enjoy your, your uh, captions too, man. You're actually a really good writer as well. Uh, not to mention illustrator and like your video, like that's what really blew me away, your video quality and content. Um, but yeah, your, your captions are, are pretty spot on as well. So mad props to you, man. I, I really admire what you're doing. And uh, it, it's just really cool to see you transition from PA student to page the PA like badass mastery. Like it's so cool. Shakao, thanks, yeah. man. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, no, I super, I super appreciate it. Uh, and like, right back at you, man. Like, and full disclosure, like, I'm, I'm not like really a vlogger style kind of person. So, like you said, a lot of my stuff is more visual, and uh, it just kind of allows me to be creative in that realm. But yeah, swing by, come say hey. Absolutely, guys. This was so cool for me. <laughs> So <laughs> this was a blast. I hope you guys got some value out of it because I, I just have, this guy is so cool. He's a genuine dude. He's been doing this for a long time for the right reasons. So that's why I really wanted to have him on this podcast because he's doing a lot of things right. And I know that he had some fire tips to share, which he did over delivered with it. So hopefully you guys learned a ton so you can take this back and implement it into your own goals, your own hustle to really take that to the next level. So guys, I want to let Steven go because he's got to go create content and become more of a BAMF PA. So I'm going to let him go. But I want to say thank you, Steven, so much. I want to acknowledge you also for all the amazing work that you're doing, not just for the profession that you're in, but for healthcare overall, because just right now through this podcast, you really help open the eyes of pharmacy students and pharmacists how we can interact and collaborate with your profession and other professions as well so we can advance patient care and really improve the quality of life that we're working with every day in our practice. So thank you. Hey, uh, it was a super big honor to be on here. Thanks so much. Um, I hope everything I said makes sense. I'm, I'm a better writer than I'm a talker. So <laughs> if there's anything that doesn't make sense, you can just go back and edit it out. <laughs> 
video maker and candlestick maker. <laughs> right. But no, man, I, I super appreciate it. And um, I'm super grateful for the time and the opportunity to come on and sort of share a little bit of my story and a little bit about um, what I do to your awesome following. I don't know if you can hear my cat up there. I think it's hungry. Uh oh, dinner, dinner's like- calling literally. <laughs> Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast signing off with the Page the PA, Stephen Benton. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fam. Until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 